0: Life Audio. The Samaritan woman's story is one that we are all likely very familiar with, but my encouragement for you is to always read scripture with a Clean slate and allow the scripture to tell you what it says instead of going in with a preconceived idea of what it says. The word of God is living and active, which means that the hundredth time you read something, God can reveal something new, a new aspect of his character and his nature. That's how we should always be approaching the text. Hey, friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? I'm so excited for what God is doing in and through you this week and throughout this study. Um, I have heard from some of you and it is so humbling to realize that this is a healing journey, not just that God took me on, but he's taking some of you on. So I want you to know that I'm, I'm praying for you this week. This week, uh, we just finished up studying the woman at the well. And I'm going to talk a little bit about her today, but I want to go ahead and read her story. And I want to just say that this is actually the chapter that really birthed this book, She Hears. It was the woman that I started with because I actually preached on her at our church. And I had studied her in seminary and really just identified with some of the brokenness that she carries. And so... This was the chapter that made me think that perhaps I need to write a book about this. So this is a chapter that's near and dear to my heart. They all are, of course, for different reasons. But John chapter 4 is one of my favorite things to teach women about um, and men that will listen. So I'm going to go ahead and read our passage of scripture that we studied this week. So John chapter 4, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. So then when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, rather his disciples were, he left Judea and went away again to Galilee and he had to pass through Samaria. Now that's an important verse that you hopefully study this week and you hopefully understand. Um, there's i think there's two days we spend on it the impact of that statement and so even as we're reading that right now every time i read those words he had to pass through samaria that just speaks so much to my heart if you don't know why go back and read i think it's day 2 and day 3 so he came to a city of samaria called sychar near the parcel of land that jacob gave to his son joseph and jacob's well was there so jesus tired from his journey was just sitting by the well it was about the 6th hour A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink for his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, though you were a Jew are asking me for a drink, though I am a Samaritan woman for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Let me stop right there for a second. My husband and I just got back from Brooklyn last week. Um, We work with a ministry in Brooklyn. I worked with them for quite some time, probably 10 years. And, If you know anything about Brooklyn, uh, there is a lot of Jewish ownership of buildings and stores and those kinds of things. And um, I've had some limited experience with Jewish people in in Pennsylvania, but not like I experience in New York City. And um, the, the Hasidic Jews are the very traditional ones that have like the curls on the side of their hair and wear the hats and all of that. And we were in an area, not this trip, but in a previous trip, we were in an area of Brooklyn where there was uh, Jewish ownership of a, uh, it's like a corner store. I can't remember if it was a deli or a bodega. It doesn't seem like a Jewish person would own a deli, but it's New York City. I can't remember. But regardless, I was buying soda. And so I went to hand the money to him, and he refused to take it from me. He just let me put it on the, the counter and then he would take the, the money from the counter because the, the Jewish rule was that, uh, you know, he couldn't risk touching me. Um, that just seems so odd to me. But I, I picture that every time I read this in the scripture because it's talking about um, some of the rules that were so uh, confining for them in that time frame. So... um. So when it says Jews do not associate with Samaritans, I, I I felt like a Samaritan when I was in Brooklyn because I felt like I'm, I'm nice. I won't hurt you. But, you know, it's just the rules. So picking up verse 10, Jesus replied to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Um... One of my uh, associate pastors said says when he reads this, he says he can just see like the twelve year twelve year old angst type attitude. Like you don't have any buck, bucket in and in water, you know. Like my, I think of how my twelve year old acts sometimes. Like you don't got a bucket. <laughs> like I just see this attitude coming out of her, um, in the way that she's responding to him. Um, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where did you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob are you who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty, but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back we'll finish up this part of the discussion about the Samaritan woman and her interaction with Jesus. Stay tuned. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw water. He said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have correctly said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This which you have said is true." The woman said to him, "'Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and yet you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one must worship.' Jesus said to her, "'Believe me, woman, that a a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem.'" You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming, even now, has arrived when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he. The one speaking to you, and at this point his disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with that woman. Yet no one said, "What are you seeking, or why are you speaking with her?" So the woman left her water pot and went into the city, and said to the people, "Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is he?" They left the city where he was, where he, and were coming to him. "'Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, "'Rabbi, eat something.' "'But he said to them, "'I have food to eat that you do not know about.' "'So the disciples were saying to one another, "'No one brought him anything to eat, did he? "'Jesus said to them, "'My food is to do the will of him who sent me "'and to accomplish his work. "'Do not say there are still four months "'and then comes the harvest.' behold i tell you raise your eyes and observe the fields and they are white for harvest already the one who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the one who sows and the one who reaps may rejoice together for in this case the saying is true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap that for which you have not labored others have labored and you have come into their labor now from that city many of the samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified I love that part because of the word of the woman who testified because remember in this culture the testimony of a woman was not valid in their court system so it was be- these people believe because of the testimony of the woman who testified he told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with him. And he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to this woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one truly is the savior of the world. Oh, I just love that whole passage of scripture. I know it's long. Thanks for being patient with me. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I struggle with as, as a woman, as a female is, um, just the comparison, the comparison in everything. And for a long time, I, I lived in this place where as long as I could see somebody else that had it worse off than me, then I would feel good about myself. So whether that was my house was nicer than their house was, my kids were better behaved than they were. They weighed more than I did. They cussed more than I did. Their sin was more than my sin appeared to be. I just put myself in this place where at least I'm not as bad as that person. And that is so dangerous. It's so dangerous to think that way because all of us are guilty. Um, it, and it's even one sin that separates us from God. And so, regardless of our amount of guilt, we're still guilty. But if I'm honest, that's where I lived for a long time. And I think there is this sense that... We do that as women with each other and even as Christian women. And so the very beginning of this week was really kind of looking at that mentality and examining that before the Lord, that attitude, that heart space and saying, okay, why, why am I in that place? Why am I allowing myself to feel that way? Why am I not looking to Christ to define me instead of um, this baseline of other people's sin? So I, I think there's a comfort there. And so I just want to encourage you in some of these conversations that we're having with the Lord, um, it can be difficult. It can be hard and there are going to be things that rise to the surface that we don't want to face. But if we don't face them, we're not going to be free from them. So that is my, my reason why I'm having all of those in there. Hey friends, we're actually going to stop it here for today and we're going to continue our conversation tomorrow in a part two. I pray this conversation has been a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life,